Hi, this is Mark Graben. This is episode 215 of Lean Blog Audio. I am back after taking a little bit of time off, a little extended break over the 4th of July holiday, Independence Day in the United States. But I'm back and this post is titled, Is This a 5S Problem or a Broader Healthcare Leadership and Culture Problem? An expose on long-running problems in the U.S. Indian Health Service. So a few of you sent me a link to this sad article from the Wall Street Journal. The headline reads, quote, people are dying here. Federal hospitals fail tribes. And by the way, if you ever see something that you think I'd like to cover here on the blog or in the podcast, uh, please contact me. You can do so via leanblog.org in the contact menu, um, via Twitter, LinkedIn message. I'm easy to find online. You can email me. Mark at leanblog.org. You know, I've reading this Wall Street Journal article, I feel like I've seen some variation of this article and expose many times over. You know, sometimes it's uh, the form of government medicine. It might be active duty military medicine here in the United States, the, uh, the, the VA or another country's health service, or it's a similar sad story from the private healthcare sector, uh, be it nonprofit or for profit. Now, I shared just one line of the article via Twitter um, the other day. I just put out a link um, to the article. Um, the quote said, and I'll talk about the fuller story here, at least as we understand it from the article. Um, Nurses responding to the code blue found the emergency supply cart was empty and the man died. John Gallagher of uh, the consulting firm uh, Simpler responded, Solutions are so simple, hashtag 5S. This is a leadership issue though, not so simple. So the full scenario that wouldn't fit into a full tweet from the article, it read, at the Indian Health Service, a patient at the federal agency's Winnebago, Nebraska facility stopped breathing. Nurses responding to the code blue found the emergency supply cart was empty and the man died. Now was, it kind of begs the question, was the crash cart empty? I mean, it really have nothing in it? Or was it just missing some key supply or medication? You have never seen one uh, fully empty. You know, that would be a shockingly bad dereliction of duty uh, or bad process. Page 58 of the detailed government report says, quote, they could not locate any emergency resuscitation equipment on the crash cart. A nurse was then sent to the ED to get a combat tube. But the nurse returned with the wrong equipment. So with the clock ticking, they were sent back to get the right item. Now, if I read the report right, that led to a 20 minute delay to get the airway opened after the code blue was called. So why was the item not there? You know, there often isn't an airtight process for who restocks what and when and in what quantities. The crash carts are sometimes not organized well, so you can't visually see if everything is there or if anything is missing, or supplies aren't always kept in the same location within the cart. So it takes longer uh, to find items, and that can be a matter of life or death. That's where the question or issue of 5S as a lean practice comes into play, as John points out. But like he says, is the solution really that simple? I'll give John the benefit of the doubt um, because he was working within the limits of 140 characters. Yes, 5S is a simple method. Um, Yes, you need leadership, but you'd also need related processes for restocking and verifying that everything is there. You'd need standardized work for checking to make sure medications aren't expired. 
And on the point of leadership, you'd also need some diligence amongst leaders to make sure processes are being followed. And if they are not being followed, you need to then ask why instead of uh, naming, blaming, and shaming. I shared a similar case study in my book, Lean Hospitals, about suction tubing being missing from a private children's hospital in the US. So uh, in the blog post, I've shared the first part of that case study. It's screen grabbed from the Amazon listing for the book. Um, you can probably read both pages by going to the Amazon page, clicking look inside and searching for the word suction. But I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, read it here. It's a case example, the use of lean methods to prevent patient harm. At a large children's hospital, a young patient, having been sedated, starting vomiting while secured inside the machine for head and neck MRI. The MRI tech detected the situation and interrupted the scan to go care for the patient, an action that might be considered first-order problem-solving. Make sure the patient's airway is clear. In her attempt to rescue the patient, the tech looked to the MRI-safe clips that were on the wall inside the room, but there were no suction tubes available there, as uh, there should have been. This created a second-order problem to solve, the lack of needed equipment to solve the first-order problem. The MRI tech, in a rush, walked back to the control room to get suction tubes from the high-tech inventory cabinet, except that the cabinet also had zero stock, another problem. The tech then ran and interrupted another MRI procedure, taking suction tubes from the other room back to her patient. The child was ultimately unharmed, and the first-order problem was solved. The patient's airway was cleared without injury. So problems in this case include first order, patient in distress, second order, no suction tubes available, third order, no reliable consistent process to ensure needed supplies are available in the cabinet or the MRI rooms, fourth order, lack of a robust management system to more quickly react to or prevent problems like this. What happened next? When asked about this the next day after she volunteered the story, the MRI tech answered, we completed the scan. There was no immediate problem solving around the second order problem, the absence of suction tubes. After the scan was completed, the team brought in the next patient since they were now behind schedule. Even without working on the third order problem, fixing the system that led to missing supplies, one might have expected that somebody would have simply gone and gotten more tubes via the proper channels, you know, not robbing them from another room, just in case that next patient also started vomiting. And you can find um, the link to uh, the Wall Street Journal article, by the way, the, the case study, all of this by going, as usual, to leanblog.org slash audio 215. Uh, because, again, 215 is the episode number. If you're a regular listener, you see the pattern. Um, leanblog.org slash audio episode number is how you find things. So as I said on page 146 of the book, it's not as simple as blaming one of the employees working in the area, whether it's the MRI or the IHS facility and its crash cart. Everybody works in a system. We can ask why the IHS crash cart was quote unquote empty. I mean, we could react and take action by sending in a federally funded 5S Tiger team or, or something like that. Uh, to go and organize, label, and fully stock the crash carts using 5S visual management and such. You know, the carts might then look like some I've seen in Japan, as I've shared uh, before on the blog. And you know, if you look at the picture, um, again, you can find it on the blog post, you'll see a meticulously organized crash cart in a Japanese hospital. So we could have labels, we could have foam cutouts uh, around supplies. Everything is stocked uh, to look like that reference. But that might be just a one-time fix. I mean, would an urgent effort around fixing the carts really improve the system? 
Should we be fixing the cart or teaching people how to improve or maybe doing both? We would do better to make sure there are systems in place over time to one, sustain the improved crash cart, making sure it stays stocked and organized, and two, improve the cart over time. Improving systems takes more time and effort than quote unquote doing 5S. And again, I'm not criticizing Mike Gallagher or saying he said to just do 5S. Uh, his tweet provoked the thought that led to this post. So I thank him for that. We also need to think about culture. As Mike said, it's about leadership, as I wrote about in the rest of the suction tube case study in my book. I'd hope that IHS looks deeper than that crash cart. That crash cart is probably just a symptom. What are the root causes? I'd hope they conclude that it's about process, culture, and leadership, rather than just blaming lack of funding or lack of staffing, although lack of staffing can be caused by culture and broken processes, not just the geographical isolation that makes it difficult for the IHS. Why did people not speak up about the missing items in the crash cart? Did they not know? If not, why? Did they not check the carts? I mean, did they have an unclear standard? Now, if somebody knew about the problem, which I would guess is pretty likely, did they speak up? Maybe they spoke up and they didn't get the right support. Maybe they didn't speak up or stopped speaking up out of fear or futility. In the, the Wall Street Journal article, it talks about fear. Quote, one doctor, Alita Asensio, said she was ridiculed at staff meetings after telling the Winnebago medical director about problems in 2014. Dr. Asensio later raised a concern about a death at the hospital with regulators, who documents show concluded it was avoidable. She later complained to top agency officials that her supervisor pressured her to take paid leave ahead of an inspection to keep her from raising further concerns, an email viewed by the journal shows. Yet, leaders there claim they want people to speak up, it said again from the article. The agency said it's, quote, leadership maintains a culture where employees are encouraged and expected to report any reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing, misconduct, waste, or abuse, particularly when it involves the safety and well-being of patients or employees, end of quote. It said that such disclosures can, quote-unquote, save lives. <sighs> so with, as with continuous improvement or patient safety, it's easier to talk the talk than it is to walk the walk. What's necessary to create a process-focused culture where people feel safe to speak up and then get the right supportive and empowering response from leadership? That's more difficult than organizing a cart, but it's important work that needs to be done. So there's a few other excerpts that jump out from the journal article. It says, the problems have come to a head in recent months after IHS hospitals repeatedly failed inspections, shut down services, or lost access to crucial federal funds. So it begs the question, why do things not get fixed after failed inspections? Again, from the article, the latest crisis has arisen, and it says the latest crisis. There's been a lot of crises here. The latest crisis has arisen after the IHS and the health department failed to address a chorus of warnings over many years about neglect at the agency's facilities. The warnings came from lawmakers in both parties, internal whistleblowers, and the families of patients who died. Over and over, they reported that IHS hospitals were plagued by inadequate supplies, poor training, overwhelmed staff, and critical positions left unfilled, end of, end of quote. So do we have inadequate supplies? Is that due to uh, a lack of funding or bad processes, or, or maybe both? 
or do unfilled positions and overwhelmed staff help create that problem? How, do, how can the IHS work to reduce waste so that staff and leaders are less overwhelmed? I mean, is that fixable? So what's the leadership response? Again, from the article, it says, quote, Rear Admiral Michael D. Wakey, the agency's current acting director, said in a statement after his article was published online, quote, IHS is committed to improving patient safety and the quality of healthcare across the agency. We're faced with many challenges, but that is no excuse for substandard care, end of quote. He said the agency is, quote, holding all employees fully accountable and working to improve the systems that recruit, retain, and support those employees to meet standards, end of quote. So as I've blogged about before, it's easy to say things like patient safety is always our top priority. I also cringe and hope that the commonly used expression of hold employees accountable includes leaders, all employees, including leaders and, and senior leaders and not just blaming or punishing people, as I've also written about a lot and I've got a link in the blog post. So there's a link uh, I've added here that goes directly to uh, all 210 pages of inspection reports if you'd like to dig deeper. What else do you see in those reports? I mean, for one, it says the South Dakota and Nebraska facilities have each been cited for putting patients in danger multiple times. Since 2011, regulators reviewing cases at those four IHS hospitals said inadequate care contributed to at least 11 deaths, documents show. So I would ask, do citations fix anything? Apparently not. Again, it says in the article, upon learning of these survey results, IHS immediately began instituting improvements at each hospital, end of quote. I hope that's the case. I hope they get uh, these much needed results. Um, I, I hope they're improving. I hope these reports at this point are out of date and hopefully we'll hear about, if you can't call it a success story, an improvement story in the future.